The following program was made possible by the generosity of those who have determined to hold fast to the true Roman Catholic religion, as expounded by the Roman Catholic Church before the disasters of Vatican II and the so-called New Mass. Hello and welcome to What Catholics Believe. I'm your host, Thomas Nagley. With me tonight is Father William Jenkins. He's a traditional Catholic priest, member of the Society of St. Pius V. He's also the pastor of Immaculate Conception Church right here in Norwood, Ohio. Hello, Father. How are you? Very fine, Tom. Thank you. And yourself? Doing well. Thanks sure. for being here. Well, you're very welcome. I appreciate your being here, too. Yeah, no problem. My pleasure. Father, we... Um, there's a lot going on right now. Obviously, uh, election day here in America has has come and gone, and we still have no clear-cut winner of the presidential race. Um, there, there's a, a lot to unpack with with everything that's going on. There's, uh, of course, been allegations of, of voter fraud uh, that's happening. Um, just a, an awful lot going on with, with the race and uh, a lot of anxiety, I know, from, from a lot of people. So, Father, what is a good uh, Catholic perspective that we should have with the uh, presidential election that has currently taken place? Well, of course, our perspective as Catholics is always to uh, seek God's will and pray that God's holy will be done, right? Uh, his designed will. And uh, that there be honesty and integrity in the electoral process. If you're asking me what should we think about the election, I think we should think of it as Catholics as a contest uh, between two very, very different uh, worldviews, as they say, um, one of them decidedly anti-God, anti-Catholic, um, and decidedly anti-human, okay? And by that I mean the, uh, the Democrats and their party and all that it stands for. Um, I think we have to see that as something very evil. And, um, you know, I, I, they, they seem to be hell-bent on removing Donald Trump from power with anyone, you know, even to the point of enlisting a, a man who can barely get through a sentence without uh, slurring his words or uh, babbling nonsense. And I feel badly for him, but uh, he is evidently a willing tool. And uh, one thing I wish uh, that uh, President Trump would, would make a strong point out, or would have made a strong point out, is it is not really a contest between him and Joe Biden, as they call him. We have Trump on the one side, we have Joe Biden on the other. So it's Joe Biden, Joe Biden, Joe Biden. So uh, it's not really a contest between him and Joe Biden. It's a decision as to whether Donald Trump will be present or or uh, Kamala Harris will be president. It's really a decision that we have to make as to whether it will be Trump or Harris as president. It's not a matter of choosing Joe Biden as president because, uh, well, there, there's evidence that the Democrats are already arranging for a transition of power from him to Kamala Harris anyway. And even Joe Biden has made the point that he is her running mate, and they've even referred to it as the, the, the Harris presidency. So we have to be very clear on this, that as far as the globalists, the one-worlders, 
progressivists, uh, Marxists, uh, whatever you want to call them, whatever they want to call themselves, <clears throat> their purpose is to elect, is to choose and install Kamala Harris as the president of the United States of America. And Joe Biden is simply a conduit uh, or a pretext for doing that. You know. um, they, they evidently know, I mean, she was running for the nomination and she didn't get a single vote, I don't think, uh, for the nomination. So I, I guess they figured, well, if they can put somebody like Joe Biden there to draw votes and prop him up to uh, at least make it look plausible that, that people voted for him to become president, that this is their way of in, inserting her, injecting her as president of the United States of America. Are you saying this is the Democratic Party's scheme? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But not just the Democratic Party scheme. It's the, uh, I mean, Antifa and, uh, and BLM and all the rest of them, I think they're all united. I think they're just basically operatives of the Democratic Party, <clears throat> different factions of the Democratic Party, and uh, uh, that they all have that intention, that uh, Kamala Harris is going to be the next president of the United States of America, Joe Biden is basically just um, a, a tool to secure that. I think as Catholics also, we have to face reality. I mean, Catholics, true Catholics, are realists. Uh, and we see things as they are. Uh, we see good and evil as it really is. And we see uh, the massive fraud involved right now. In fact, it just brought to my attention that Archbishop uh, Carlo Maria Viganò, who wrote an urgent message to Trump before the election, now has also written uh, just today a message uh, addressed to American Catholics and to all Americans of goodwill about the election and the aftermath just the day following the, the, the election. And he points out, and we can refer to this later in a little more in detail, he points out the massive fraud that is going on right now. <clears throat> and to that I say, well, this was very predictable. Remember, we're, deal we're dealing with Democrats. Uh, I'm telling you, personally, I believe that they have been uh, defrauding the American public out of elections for quite some time now. Personally, that's my personal conviction. <laughs> and that it is kind of a way of life with them. <clears throat> and uh, uh, there were many people who saw this coming with the uh, mail-in balloting and uh, all voting. of the early voting and uh, the, the, the arrangements that they can count ballots for days and days afterwards that come drifting in as long as they're postmarked by the date or before the date of the actual election, which means that they can just basically create as many votes as they need. Okay, they can see what the votes stood like on the, the election night and then say, okay, it looks like we've got to dig up another 130 or fabricate another 200,000 votes. <clears throat> and they can, uh, again, through their stooges in the media, through their minions in the media, who are prof professionals at making uh, the lie look like it's true, and putting on a good show, right, <clears throat> and deception, uh, they can make these, these slick talking heads on the, on the media, the news and the reporters and all the rest, uh, make a plausible case to, so that people will think, the ordinary American people will think, well, okay, I could see, yeah, it's possible that that could happen. Yeah, that makes sense. 
But, you know, we're seeing another example where uh, American people go to bed on uh, one night, uh, election night, and it looks like, uh, in this case, Donald Trump is doing very well and he's moving toward victory and he's ahead in, in the races that really count. And the next morning, they wake up and find out that, oh, now everything's changed, okay? It just changed overnight, right? In fact, in this letter that uh, Archbishop Vigano wrote just today, he actually points that out. He says, news of electrical, electoral, news of electoral fraud is multiplying. Despite the shameful attempts of the mainstream media to censor the truth of the facts, in order to give their candidate the advantage, their candidate, he calls him, right? Joe Biden. There are states in which the number of votes is greater than the number of voters. Others in which the mail-in vote seems to be exclusively in favor of Joe Biden. Others in which the counting of ballots has been suspended for no reason, or where sensational tampering has been discovered. Always and only against President Donald J. Trump. Always and only in favor of Biden. <laughs> and so I'd say, uh, tip of the beretta to uh, uh, Archbishop uh, Vigano, because not only does he see that, but he is willing to come out and say it, okay, and point it out for all to see. <clears throat> the question is not whether it's happening. Look, when the Democrats were pushing and pushing and pushing for all of these uh, special electrical, electoral consequences, so they were pushing for all of these special electoral arrangements, always with an excuse of maybe the COVID-19 or some, whatever else, <clears throat> other excuses they may have given. There were voices that were raised very clearly saying, this is simply an attempt of the Democrats to manipulate the vote. People saw that. There are people who truly were woke in the sense that they, awake, they, they woke up from sleep and now they're facing realizing what happened while they were, they were sleeping and that they're being taken advantage of and they're being deceived. <clears throat> and there are people who pointed out, and it's exactly what we're witnessing. What they warned us about is exactly what we see happening before our very eyes in the mainstream media right now. The, um, the, the manufacturing of votes, this is, my, this is my opinion. This is how I see it. I see it, in other words, exactly the way Archbishop Vigano sees it. That votes are just going to be manufactured out of whole cloth, <laughs> whereas votes for uh, the Republicans, not just Trump, but others, simply go away. Simply go away. Remember, leftists are amoral. You know, they, they, they have no compunction whatsoever. In fact, if anything, they're very proud of their lies. They will boast of their, their, their dishonesty. And um, as St. Paul says, they, they, they glory in their shame. You know? And that's how degenerate and perverse they are. You know? And I think the whole Democratic Party, in my estimation, has been the party of perversion and the party of deception all the way along you know, for the past 70 years. And they are acting true to form right now. And their minions, uh, their operatives in the media, are, uh, you know, f fulfilling their wishes <coughs> and trying to deliver a Kamala Harris presidency to turn the country 
inside out, upside down, to actually destroy this country once and for all, and to uh, start uh, uh, Soviet America. Wow. So that's what I think we're witnessing. Now, the, the question is not what the Democrats would do. We know who they are. We know what they do. <clears throat> they built their power base over the, uh, the bodies of millions and millions of babies. They bought, in my estimation, they bought American votes by appealing to the perverted among us <clears throat> with abortion. They bought them with abortion and catered to their sexual depravity in every way. And the same with the LGBTQ. They're still buying that vote that way. In my estimation, that's how they're buying, buying the vote of depraved Americans um, whom they actually, and the, the very deprivation, the, the very uh, depravity, I should say, is also their work in the, uh, in the school systems. As far as I'm concerned, this is what the generation has been taught and uh, this is what uh, now that they stand for. And uh, in any case, um, so it's not a question of what the Democrats are capable of doing. We know what they're capable of doing. Um, and that's virtue, that's anything that will get them in power um, and keep them in power. The, uh, the only thing that really remains to be seen is what the uh, Republicans will do what decent people everywhere will do, people who uh, do not approve of lying, cheating, stealing, you know, the people who want an honest vote, the people who want a moral and uh, God-loving and God-fearing country, right? The people who want uh, true marriage with true families, the people who love all these things uh, that traditionally we Catholics, and actually, traditionally, the entire human race valued. Uh, the question is now what they will do. Will they do anything? Will they do anything at all? Will they just go back to sleep, put their masks back on very meekly and quietly, bow their heads and go uh, mournfully, forlornly about their way in this dark world now that is being created for them, the, the world of the Great Reset, as Archbishop Vigano pointed out very clearly in his letter, The Final Countdown, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the question, my man. What are the people going to do? Father, Archbishop uh, Vigano says we have to pray, and I believe that is absolutely true, without which, without that, no good will come of it. The question is, what else? Yeah, well, that is the question. Father, what, we, we've had that question. What, what else can we do? I mean, obviously, of course, we, we have to pray. Uh, we have to pray about this, but, you know, all of these honest, good, loving people that, that you just talked about, all these, these honest Americans, what, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Well, we could do was the, what the Maccabees did. What's that? I mean, uh, these are books of the Bible that Luther rejected, but uh, we know they're, they're really inspired books of the Bible, right? The, the last two books of the Old Testament, right? <clears throat> when the Maccabees saw, the, the Maccabeus family saw that the pagans had... <coughs> seized by, by force their, their people and their lands and established, a, well, basically a sports stadium as a pagan temple at the foot of Mount Moriah, right, under the, the true temple, and had their pagan sacrifices offered there, they said, we will not. They will not. Um, they will not serve Satan. 
him who he who would not serve, <laughs> right, God. And so they rebelled. They said, no, we will not allow this. And they resisted. They even resisted unto arms. Uh, they, they actually uh, rose up and they would not allow themselves to be subjugated. And uh, maybe it is time now for uh, the spirit of the Maccabees to be revived here, right? Um, they, they did. They rose up. They paid the price. But they battled for their people's independence and their faith. And many, the, the good people rallied around them. <clears throat> they needed leadership, though. Uh, they were like lost souls until they had that leadership directing them. That uh, uh, The family of Maccabeus did, did stand up and um, lead the way. And they rallied the good people of, of Israel uh, to say no to the pagan invaders. So um, it... You know, we need, we need that, that leadership to say, no, we're not going to do it. Look, the forces of the leftists have taken to the streets with all manner of uh, viciousness and violence, right? Perhaps if we, before this, had said no to these evil things like uh, such as uh, transgender story hours in the library, the public libraries for the children, perhaps if we'd gotten on our hind legs and acted like men, and said, this will not be, this will not be. We will not tolerate this. Uh, perhaps we would not be in this position now. But we never did, did we? We never put our foot down. Back in 1973 with the Roe versus Wade abortion decision, the church had been neutralized by Vatican II and the modernists. They could never have gotten away with that. They could never, the abortionists, could never have gotten away with uh, aborting America, as Dr. Bernard Nathan said, in 1973, if you had real bishops instead of just uh, company men, uh, basically, who were just uh, business executives, evidently not a shred of faith in any one of them. Well, maybe that's doing injustice to some of them. But nonetheless, I mean, the, the, the leftists in America knew that the... Catholic hierarchy had been taken out by Vatican II, by the modernists, and so they knew the field was cleared for them to do as they pleased. But if the Catholic hierarchy had been a Catholic hierarchy, that would never have happened. They would have marshaled the Catholic forces, and they would have not gotten away with that. They never would have dreamed of trying. But you know what? Because the hierarchy of the Catholic Church, well, the modernist church, the Novus Ordo church now, is what they are. Then, the, I mean, they're, they're the leftists. They are with the leftists. They're basically the, the court chaplains of the leftists everywhere, everywhere you go, these, these modernist bishops of the Novus Ordo. Francis, first among them, first among them. The court chaplain, some would say the court jester of the leftists now. That's Francis. <clears throat> And um, so the question is, where, where does one turn to leadership? Well, that's what we have to uh, pray to God for. We have to pray to God to provide that leadership, to know what we can do. But, um, you know, I, I dare to say that uh, I would fully expect that when it comes down to the prospect of a Biden presidency, actually a Kamala Harris presidency, that there are Americans who will not stand for that. They will not allow their election to be stolen. 
They will not allow to her, uh, her to be intruded. But there are Americans who will not allow that. Mm. And uh, the question is, I hope uh, that if they're going to take a stand, they take a, a right stand in the right way. Because if they don't, they'll just make matters worse. Right. I think we do have to take a stand somehow. Yeah. I think we do have to take a stand, no doubt about it, and not let our country be taken over by communists. <clears throat> and Kamala Harris thinks like a communist. She's a Marxist. <clears throat> we cannot let our country be taken over. We have to stand up like, almost like Franco did, right? The youngest of the generals and the only one of the Spanish generals who would take a stand and say, no, I will not let my country go communist. But uh, again, you know, um, how, how would it, that resistance is carried out, one has to be very, very careful, and it has to be guided by divine grace. Mm -hmm. Father, if this uh, Biden-Harris ticket is uh, victorious by all of these immoral and dishonest means, um, why, why would God permit that to happen? You know, if we actually have the, the majority of, of Americans voting for, for good, um, you know, voting for the side of good and rejecting this, this evil, um, why would God permit that to happen? Why would God actually let well, them? Well, first of all, if there is, if there are so many voting for Harris and Biden, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you have mil millions and millions of people voting for what they stand for. Uh, yeah. That I mean, the evil of abortion and all the other perversions that they they stand for, uh, that they they present to the world as something really good and uh, admirable. Um, and um, just the fact that you have tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people voting for them uh, and their candidates, so, you know, the, the country, that's, uh, that is an insult to God already. But maybe God wants more than simply uh, have people go to the polls once every two years or so and cast a vote. Maybe God wanted people to stand up and to actually uh, risk something, you know, to stand up and raise their voices against it and condemn the evil, or even more than that, you know? Um, and they, they just don't do it. They, you know, let's face it, Tom, you say, why would God permit that? Well, I mean, if, if God is allowing us to have this election at all, it's already amazing that he was tolerating all of this all this time anyway even though we had an opportunity to have a choice. <coughs> and if we know that this election is basically, if we know this, or we're confident we know it, is being stolen by leftist, communist, Marxist guerrillas, and we don't have the wherewithal to prevent it, then is it God's fault for preventing it? I mean, if, if God is saying, okay, this is happening, I've tolerated so much so far, I'm giving you another choice to make here, Another opportunity to make the choice, <clears throat> okay? You now have come to see how dishonest this whole process this is, and you have let them do this. You've watched them do this before your very eyes, set up this false election process. You've seen it coming. You've done nothing to prevent it. Now you see what they've done here. They, they put the last stroke in place to have a communist as your president. And do you even now... Do you even now have the gumption to stand up and defend yourself? I mean, is that God's fault for allowing that to happen? Uh, I'm afraid 
No, I, I, we can't blame God for this. We have no one to blame for it but ourselves. Father, should we, uh, if, if again, if, if this uh, Biden-Harris team is, is successful, should we, uh, should we interpret that as a, a kind of punishment or a great chastisement uh, from God? Oh, yes, I definitely think it is uh, a judgment of God against us. And how should we react to that? Well, I think we have to humble ourselves. If we'd humbled ourselves in the first place, uh, when we saw and by humbling ourselves, I don't mean just going to God and saying, God, I'm sorry, we are blameworthy and we deserve this. I mean humbling oneself as the Maccabees did. When the Maccabees stood up to resist the evil, they were humbling themselves. <clears throat> when uh, the last one of the Maccabees brothers was left standing, the others having been killed, his message to the people was, look, I am not better than my brothers and my father. I cannot just spare myself and have my own quiet life. I have to acknowledge the fact that I have to stand up now. And that was humility for him. It wasn't pride. He was humble enough to say, I have to come forward. It, was, it would be his pride to say, okay, look, I'm going to go off and have my own private, quiet life myself and let you know, the rest of you suffer. But he was willing to say, well, God, do with me what you will. And I, I will face the consequences. And in this case, the consequences would be, would be, would be death with, with him and his brothers. But uh, humility doesn't make, us, uh, doesn't make us passive in the face of evil. Quite the contrary. Pride makes us passive in the face of evil. We're afraid of losing face. I mean, why does, why does a person who hears another in public blaspheming God, why does he not object? Is it because of his pride or because of his humility? He's too humble to tell the other person, please don't blaspheme God. I love him. It's his pride because he's afraid of being made fun of. Right? right. His pride is what weakens him there. If he had humility, he wouldn't hesitate to say, in all humility, Please don't do that. That offends my God. You know? And he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be afraid. He wouldn't be made afraid that his pride was going to be damaged or attacked by that, uh, by the consequences. You know? It's pride that makes people weak. Uh, it's humility that makes him strong. Look at Our Lady. You know? To the devil, she appears as an army drawn up in battle array against him because of her humility. That's what gives her such power. No, no, it's our pride that is killing us because we're too busy taking care of ourselves, looking out for numero uno. Very few are willing to come forward and say, I, I will not uh, let this pass. This will not pass. Mm. My allegiance is to God, not to the state, not to, my, not to the economy, the almighty economy, not to the almighty COVID virus. My, my my allegiance is to God, and, you know, as long as that is the case, then as far as I'm concerned, regarding me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and this will not pass. Mm -hmm. And families all over the country stood up and, and made that very clear, that they were not going to tolerate it. Mm -hmm. uh, and they would, they would put themselves at risk to say no. You'd see something good happen. Mm -hmm. Father, you, you uh, briefly mentioned some of uh, Archbishop Vigano's letters. Um, there, there seems to be a, a flurry of them lately. And um, 
What do you make of his uh, of his leadership, Father? That he is uh, providing for the uh, for the United States, and I mean the the message that we talked about, the <clears throat> message to American Catholics and to all Americans of, of goodwill. I mean, I believe you said it's almost seems like this is uh, he's, he's adopting our country uh, as his own, so to speak. And uh, he wrote that just that message just I believe just a matter of hours ago. Uh, Father, it was posted on LifeSite News, and he said many nice things in there. You, you. Um, well, tell me, the maybe I could read it. There, yeah. I think so. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not on. long. Yeah, go for it. <clears throat> Message of Archbishop Carla Maria Vigano to American Catholics and to all Americans of goodwill. And uh, this is dated Wednesday, November 4th, to 2020. Dear brothers and sisters, as devout Christians and faithful citizens of the United States of America, you have intense and heartfelt concern for the fate of your, our, your beloved country, while the final results of the presidential election are still uncertain. News of electoral fraud is multiplying despite the shameful attempts of the mainstream media to censor the truth of the facts in order to give their candidate the advantage. There are states in which the number of votes is greater than the number of voters, others in which the mail-in vote seems to be exclusively in favor of Joe Biden, others in which the counting of ballots has been suspended for no reason or where sensational tampering has been discovered, always and only against President Donald J. Trump, always and only in favor of Biden. In truth, for months now, we have been witnessing a continuous trickle of staggered news of manipulated or censored information of crimes that have been silenced or covered up in the face of striking evidence and irrefutable testimony. We have seen the deep state organize itself well in advance to carry out the most colossal electoral fraud in history in order to ensure the defeat of the man who has strenuously opposed the establishment of the new world order that is wanted by the children of darkness. In this battle, you have not failed, as is your sacred duty, to make your own contribution by taking the side of the good. Others enslaved by vices or blinded by infernal hatred against our Lord have taken the side of evil. Do not think that the children of darkness act with honesty and do not be scandalized if they operate with deception. Do you perhaps believe that Satan's followers are honest, sincere, and loyal? The Lord has warned us against the devil. Quote, he was a murderer from the beginning and he does not stand in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks in character, because he is a liar and the father of lies. That's from St. John chapter 8, verse 44. In these hours, while the gates of hell seem to prevail, allow me to address myself to you with an appeal, which I trust that you will respond to promptly and with generosity. I ask you to make an act of trust in God, an act of humility and filial devotion to the Lord of armies. I ask that all of you pray the Holy Rosary, if possible in your families or with your dear ones, your friends, your brothers and sisters, your colleagues, your fellow soldiers. Pray with the abandonment of children who know how to have recourse to their Most Holy Mother, to ask her to intercede before the throne of the Divine Majesty. Pray with a sincere soul, with a pure heart, in the certainty of being heard and answered. Ask her, she who is the help of Christians, auxilium Christianorum, to defeat the forces of the enemy, 
ask her, she who is terrible as an army, set in battle array. This is from the Canticle of Canticles 6, verse 10. To grant the victory to the forces of good and to inflict a humiliating defeat on the forces of evil. Have your children pray using the holy words that you have taught them. Those confident prayers will rise to God and will not remain unheard. Have the elderly and sick pray, so that they may offer their sufferings in union with the sufferings that our Lord suffered on the cross, when he shed his precious blood for our redemption. Have young ladies and women pray, so that they turn to her who is the model of purity and motherhood. And you, men, must also pray, your courage, your honor, and your boldness will be refreshed and strengthened. All of you, take up this spiritual weapon before which Satan and his minions retreat furiously, because they fear the most holy virgin, she who is almighty by grace, even more than almighty God. Interesting statement there. Do not allow yourselves to be discouraged by the deceptions of the enemy, even more so in this terrible hour in which the impudence of lying and fraud dares to challenge heaven. Our adversaries' hours are numbered if you will pray. If we will all pray with faith and with the true ardor of charity. May the Lord grant that one single devout and faithful voice rise from your homes, your churches, and your streets. This voice will not remain unheard because it will be the voice of a people that cries out in the moment when the storm rages most fiercely, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. St. Matthew 8, chapter 25, verse 25. The days that await us are a precious occasion for all of you and for those who unite themselves spiritually to you from every part of the world. You have the honor and privilege of being able to participate in the victory of the spiritual battle, to wield the powerful weapon of the Holy Rosary as our fathers did at Lepanto to repeal the enemy armies. Pray with this certainty of our Lord's promise. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. The King of kings, from whom you ask the salvation of your nation, will reward your faith. Your testimony, remember this, will touch the heart of our Lord, multiplying the heavenly graces which are more than ever indispensable in order to achieve victory. May my appeal, which I address to you and to all people who recognize the lordship of God, find you to be generous apostles and courageous witnesses of the spiritual rebirth of your beloved country, and with it the entire world, non prevalebunt, which means they will not prevail. God bless and protect the United States of America! Exclamation point. One nation under God. It's signed uh, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop. So uh, this is dated November 4th, as I say, 2020. So that's the letter that he has just issued now. Um, so when you mentioned uh, the leadership, the leadership that he's showing here is actually to be found in his messages and the word that he's spreading, okay? Um, there are, you know, there's needed other and more more leadership, but this is one powerful voice here. 
Unfortunately, again, Francis uh, remains, you know, his boss, essentially his superior, his mind, and he, 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 he actually, in the urgent letter that he sent to President Trump before the election, he actually refers to this. He says, as is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter has betrayed his role from the very beginning in order to defend and promote the globalist ideology, supporting the agenda of the deep church who chose him from its ranks. So, you know, uh, Archbishop Vigano is not deceived <clears throat> to think that Francis really is a man of God, quite the contrary. He sees him as an enemy of Christ and as an enemy of his church. And yet, he still maintains a certain hold over him. I don't know what more leadership that uh, Archbishop Vigano can give as long as he remains formally a member of and a practicer, a practitioner of the Novus Ordo. Uh, he recognizes the evil of Vatican II and the changes that came from it, and yet he still has not renounced the religion that came out of Vatican II, <clears throat> which is not Catholicism. So we pray for him for this. But what he does see clearly, he obviously will, is willing to say, and I admire him for that. Um, and I would second everything he says here. In fact, even before this letter came out, we've been saying this for months and months, even for years, that this is what our Catholic people need to do, because we've seen the handwriting on the wall. We've seen it for years now. We know exactly where this has been going. This is no surprise right, for those who've had the traditional Catholic faith all this time. And uh, quite, quite the contrary, if there's any surprise, it's that it's taken this long to get here. And that God in his mercy has uh, <clears throat> still, even to this day, put up with so much evil that we've flung in his face contemptuously as a society, as a nation. But still, uh, the words of Archbishop Vigano and the words that we would address to our American people are words of hope that, you know, the fact that God is so indulgent, even, at, even now, I mean, he's actually showing us what is being done to us. He's, making, he's showing it with a clarity now that is undeniable what the enemies of Christ and his cross are up to, what they're doing. And the question is, what is God calling us to do about it? And will we rise? Will we do that? Will we take a stand for him? Or will we, will we just, just slip quietly into that dark night, right? That dark winter as... Biden himself called it, right? The dark winter ahead. Uh, so what I, I see, the result of prayer is that God is going to raise up leaders to lead the good people as they should be led, to do the things that he wants them to do, to resist this, to prevent this. To, and you know something, Tom? As far as this evil has gone, it's going to be overthrown. I just hope it's overthrown not four or five lifetimes from now. I want it to be overthrown now in our own lifetime. And as, as long as this has gone on, and as deep as it's gotten, and as much as they are confident they have absolute control and no one is in a power now to resist them, so when they are overthrown, their, 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 their loss will be that much the greater. I mean, the victory of Christ will be that much more splendid. And it, it will seem as though victory has been snatched away from them. 
just when they were the most confident, right? Um, as Satan in his in his uh, pride gets over, he falls victim of his own uh, arrogance and overconfidence, and God humbles, humiliates him. Can't humble Satan, of course. You can only humble somebody who's willing to be humbled, right? But he has to be humiliated. And when this this uh, leftist work of this day is is overthrown uh, and comes crashing down in, in ruins, not the United States of America or the world as we know it, we pray, but rather the leftist designs for it, this monstrous construct of monsters, uh, that victory will be all the more glorious for our Lord and all the more humiliating for the, for the left, that they lost it. Um, just when they thought they were invincible. So we have to do, as Archbishop Vigano says, we have to pray and pray and pray with great confidence. But I think we also have to start looking at the practical things we could do. We have to ask God to show us the way and what we can do, <clears throat> what practical steps we can take to resist and oppose the, the march of the leftists. If it's a matter of taking to the streets ourselves, then if, if that's God's will, then let's do it. If we need another crusade, if that's God's will, let's do it. But if God is asking, going to be asking us to do that, then we have to be pure of heart in doing it. Because if we are steeped in mortal sin and we do it, we're fighting for the wrong side already, right? We can't fight for our faith, our Lord, our church, if we ourselves are allies of Satan by sin. So we have to stop offending God to begin with if we can be of any use to his great holy designs. Um, so I, I pray that God will uh, weaken them uh, by weakening their resolve. But I also pray that God will give us the grace to know what we should do, what we should be doing for him and the practical steps we should be taking to make sure this does not happen and our children do not grow up under a Marxist president in a Marxist America. Yep. Well, Father, I uh, thank you for being here tonight. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we close? Oh, there's always something I'd like to add. <laughs> I mean, Should I certainly. even ask the question? <laughs> well, you know, uh, this process of, of softening it up, uh, America, making it ripe for this, has been going on for quite some time, as you know, okay? Lenin said, give me one generation and I will make the world communist, right? One generation, he said, that's all it takes. We're seeing the literal fulfillment of his words here in America right now. They, the, the kids who've been through the colleges and the universities have come out largely leftists, okay? And their parents paid for this indoctrination of their, their own children. Um, now we should see these things very clearly. But um, it, it is also amazing. You know, one thing that was happening all this time is uh, people were going out and buying guns. Right? Massive gun sales, right? Um, and the press has been reporting that. 
California, I think there were, what, 172,000 new permits requested for carrying guns and so on, on concealed carry. And uh, the gun manufacturers have seen business just explode. And at the same time, people are voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and others who made it very clear, we're going to confiscate all your guns. So, you know, at every turn, no matter how you look at it, there's a kind of insanity, like a diabolical insanity about all this. I presume that there are many, even liberals, who voted for Harris and Biden, who went out and bought guns, right, to protect themselves. And here, they're, they're voting for people who are telling them, point blank, we're going to take those away from you by force if necessary. So where, where is the rationale? Where's the rationality to all of this? There, there is none, you know. And uh, it goes back to what I, I, our lady talked about as a diabolical disorientation. But a diabolical disorientation is automatically, necessarily, what follows from a loss of faith. When you don't have the faith orienting you, orients, right, the east, <clears throat> the, the rising sun, orienting yourself. That's what the faith does, right? The rising of Christ is life, death, and resurrection orients us. And without faith, we have no orientation. We're lost. We just wanderers over the earth, right? <clears throat> with, together with the evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of souls. We're just wandering through this life with no orientation whatsoever. So now we have a diabolical disorientation besetting the whole world. But there are those who still have faith. And, you know, we have to look upon this as what I guess someone, a certain British politician, would have called our finest hour. You know? If we are called by God now to rise up and to um, actually, you know, resist this, even uh, man to man, right? Hand to hand, face to face. Uh, uh, we, we need to, to let them know, the leftists, that we're going to do everything we can to prevent them from doing this to our country, to our families, to ourselves, and turning uh, the United States of America into a slave state. <clears throat> uh, this is basically what Archbishop Vigano described in the Great Reset, that they want to do with the whole world, right? Enslave the whole world, the major corporations, the banks, the bankers, the money powers, right? The, the, the billionaires, they think now that they're going to reset the whole world and our entire way of life. Did they consult you? No. Did they consult me? No. Did they consult any of the people whose lives they're going to be resetting? No. Why? They don't have to. Because, as Soros says, he feels like a god. That's how they feel. Right? And they act as though they had that sense that they are divine beings, you know, and uh, we, we need to uh, pray to God that he humiliate them, even humble them, possibly, if they're willing to accept the grace to be humbled, but we ourselves have the obligation to resist. So uh, what that resistance, what form their resistance takes, we hope that God will guide us to know exactly what that is. In the meantime, pray. Pray the rosary. 
Stay in touch. Um, you know, they're talking about the internet going down. They're talking about everything we write, everything we say being monitored. They talk about, you know, Trump and all everybody being shut down. They're just, they just disappear from the computer screen. If they say something that is uh, unacceptable to the communist Chinese who are censoring Twitter right now, um, makes you think maybe we, we're going to have to start going back to shortwave to communicate with each other, just to have a means of communication. But we need to start thinking in terms of what we need to do uh, to um, stay in communication with each other and especially with our Lord. Okay, And that's where the prayer comes in. So with that, Tom, I'll let you close the program. <laughs> Thank, you, your way. Thank you. But there's certainly more to come, isn't there? That's right. Certainly more to come. Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, Father. Thanks to all of our viewers as well for watching this episode of What Catholics Believe. Until next time, we ask that you all remember the words of Our Lady at Fatima to consecrate yourselves and your families to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to pray and do penance. Thank you and God bless you. <laughs>